watch cartoons We'll take a look back at where we've been So let's hop into our time machine Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine I'm Scarlett I'm Katie we're your animates, and today uh, this is an episode that's been kind of a long time coming, Katie. We've been wanting to talk about this show uh, for a while because we're both fans and we've really been enjoying it. Um, and now there's a new season out uh, fairly recently, uh, so it's a good opportunity for us to finally start talking about it. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about the Netflix animated series Dragon Prince. Uh, it's, it's a really fun show. Uh, we were very excited uh, about it when it first came out, uh, back in 2018, I remember. Um, at least I was, I don't know. Katie, when did you start watching? I probably watched not long after it came out. Yeah. Um, I remember, because it came out pretty quickly at first. It, at first, yeah. It, it's, yeah, yeah, it, it started first it season. It all released in about a year. Yeah. Uh, when seasons two and three came out within the same year, um, yeah, but they came that out was very similar nice. months differences. Yeah, that they were that like was... all six months apart. Yeah, it was definitely coming pretty, uh, pretty quick. Um, and you know, then the the that which shall not be named happened. Uh, and the fourth season, uh, did not come out until twenty twenty two. There were a lot of reasons this one didn't come out. I mean, quickly. fair. <laughs> um this isn't an episode where we kind of drag the executive producer a little bit we we might have to do that a bit I think we um, will we will um but but yeah just you know before we get into to that nitty-gritty um for those of you who don't know uh Dragon Prince uh is is brought to us uh by a uh, same creator of Avatar The Last Airbender uh I is, is is Aaron Ahaz? Ahaz? I I I feel like Ahaz is correct, but I, I I'm not sure I got right. Ahaz or Ahaz? A this E? I don't know. We're 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 Canadian now. A it's Ahaz. And in any case, um, you know, part of part of the excitement, uh, for me and I think for many others, and possibly for you as well, Katie. Uh, over this series was it very much seemed like a return to form uh, for a original Avatar creator, uh, Giancarlo Volpe, who did a lot of uh, directing on uh, uh, Avatar, uh, came back uh, for a lot of the first season. Um, actually, I think maybe every episode? No. No, just the first like four episodes of the first season. Um, and then sporadic appearances throughout as well. Um do, doing a really great job um as always uh he directed some of my favorite episodes of avatar and i was really excited uh to have him come back um there, there was just like a lot of hype about uh how dragon prince uh was you know as as the title implies you know another fantasy series high fantasy this time in comparison to the kind of unique world uh that avatar was um but sort of a more familiar medieval dungeons and dragons-esque world for lack of a better word um i feel like this used to just be called traditional fantasy but like the fantasy genre has split into so many different categories i think especially in just the last 10 years um that it it feels weird to say that this is just oh it's just like normal fantasy because nothing is normal fantasy every there's so many different kinds um no, but, but it's definitely high fantasy 
yeah, I, I, I would definitely put this squarely in that camp. I, I wouldn't say that about Avatar. Um, no. I think Avatar is too Eastern inspired to fall into high fantasy, which I think is more Tolkien British esque fantasy worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, and high fantasy has a lot to do with the magic aspects because high and low fantasy often actually is a dis- distinctive for the magics of the world. Oh, interesting. So, like, what would be some examples of low fantasy? Let's look because I don't remember right now because I didn't prep that. At all. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's, I'm trying to think as well. Um, uh, but it, No, wait. It, oh, God. Yes. Low fantasy or intrusion fantasy is where magical events intrude on an otherwise normal world. Whereas oh, high fantasy is in fictional worlds that has their own sets of rules and physical laws. Um, and often magic is way more entwined. So low fantasy to me sounds more like what I would consider like magical realism. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I also enjoy. I, I, I love me a good magic realism story. Um, Dragon Prince is not that. Dragon Prince is, in honestly, a very comforting way. Very, I'll say, familiar fantasy. Um, It's a lot of magic. It's a lot of, like, witchcraft and wizardry style magic, I guess is fair to say. Um, very elemental magic. Um, The, uh, there are... Uh, the two main groups uh, in the series are humans and elves. Um, there's a lot of different kinds of elves, and I, all of their designs are really creative. Um, all of the elves are, their own societies are, you know, inspired by and sort of patroned by uh, the various elements. Uh, like we have uh, sun elves, moon elves, uh, sky elves, uh, earth elves, all, all those those fun things. Again, that's the Avatar influence a little bit. It's definitely... Uh, you know, some some strong uh, elemental interest, uh, even right down to the names of the the seasons uh, being a book and then an element name. Um, we have uh, moon, sky, uh, sun, and earth as the names, which was funny to me that season four still had the book for earth in front of it, um, even though like the season as a whole is also known as the mystery of Avarose. Av- I was Av- so <laughs> confused for a while about that i was just like why did but okay i mean i think i i haven't i don't have any proof of this but i'm like pretty sure the reason they rebranded on season four was not for any particular reason that the season was so different that it needed a rebrand but i think because it had that point been three years since the last uh, came out and they were like kind of trying to do like a soft relaunch not not a reboot it's like a you know pretty successive uh season um mm-hmm. even though there's time there's a time jump um but yeah i i think that was just netflix trying to bump it up uh and get some renewed interest versus just kind of quietly releasing another season after so many years um but then again that's kind of animation for you i don't know if they had to be that concerned uh animation mm-hmm. does that a lot <laughs> it's a shame mm-hmm. but it does so in any case um yeah so to to get into a little bit more detail um it would you know i always give the summary would you like to give the summary i don't want to take it from you unless you'd like me to do it sure because i i love a good fantasy world so uh we are set in a new fun continent in the realm uh, called zadia and we have most of the uh plot for the first two seasons first three seasons especially is 
um, the dynamics between elves and humans, and essentially the biggest difference, and elves are innately magical creatures. And every time I think about all this stuff, I keep wanting to put it in D&D terms, because D&D actually <laughs> works very similarly, which is really like the show. Uh, elves have innate magic um, based that they have tied to the land, whereas humans had some ability to access it, but have had to be, for the most part, to gain magical powers turned towards dark magic, and that has driven a divide. As well as dragons. There's a lot of dragons. Um, I'm making sure nothing spoilers because I didn't rewatch the first three before the fourth came out, just like should. I've been doing that. Um, so it's a lot of uh dealing with different conflicts between the groups because they hate each other and they're constantly fighting with each other. And also uh the big papa dragon was recently killed. We're dealing with that aftermath. How'd I do? I think you did pretty good. I think I think that's a pretty good description of of the general world. Um, I would say if you understand D and D, it immediately translates very well as a show to your understanding because it is essentially the Fey Wild Elves fighting the Material Plane humans for their understanding of how the world works. Yeah, I think I think D and D terms make a lot of sense. Um, I I think even if you're not a D and D person, I think it's definitely you know part. D&D is, is, you know, accessible because I think it plays on a lot of tropes that we we know and love uh, just in, in media in general. Um, I think, you know, heck, I think there's, you know, it's not not Avatar. The, and this time I mean the other Avatar, the Blue People Avatar. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's there's definitely a sense of the elves, in addition to their innate magic, because their innate magic is so drawn from the elements i think you get a sense they have a greater respect for it versus humans who as we're usually portrayed are more ambitious more warlike and are really using magic for their own gain and at, in, in a distinctly harmful way like I, I do love how dark magic is portrayed as one a human thing and two has like a direct like environmental impact for lack of a better word like you have to kill a creature to do it. It has a lot of consequences for your actions. I mean, in D&D terms, they're the kind of wizard who just really wants to use material components instead of an arcane focus, um, which exists in this world. The The elves tend to use, uh, oh God, what do they call them? It's a primal source is what they call it. Um, I know what it the is. The thing that Callum uses. Oh, oh, I don't remember what it's called. I know. I, I want to say. It's I know a, it's gems are later. Yeah, um, they're more defined as a, like a naturally occurring gemstone. Yeah, primal sources. Okay. Um. Yeah. So it's uh. Yeah. So it's a sort of similar. Again, you know, kind of in D and D terms, it's that. But also, I think. Yeah, I think I think we're sort of very much used to seeing humans portrayed this way i think Hmm. i think if anything it's kind of a return to the tolkien-esque depiction of an elf because i think we've at least for me in D &D terms i feel like i've gotten very used to like elves are just kind of jerks and who are like and want to keep like humans from having cool stuff um but like this is kind of a fun return to no the elves actually do know better and they have knowledge that the humans just don't understand and you know, but humans are, you know, more populous, more warlike. Um, mm-hmm. And we see, you know, some of the politics uh, of their various kingdoms, uh, definitely less politicky than a lot of 
fantasy shows are. I'd even argue it's less politicky than The Last Airbender, um, mm-hmm. which has, I think, very clear, you know, what each kingdom stands for. I I feel like whenever we see the different human kingdoms, I'm more like, oh, that's the green one. You know, like I don't, I feel like I don't have a great, I don't, unfortunately the show doesn't have enough episodes to give me a really good sense of what the rest of these kingdoms are like. We mostly are are in Catalis, which is where our main human characters live and are the rulers of. Um, it's also, I think, a very, of fantasy series. Uh, it's very focused on, the upper classes, the ruling classes uh, versus some other fantasy series, which tend to have like a point of view character who's in more of the common space. Um, Avatar, you know, The Last Airbender. Oh God, I can't believe I have to now make, now that I've introduced both, I have to like actually make that distinction. Um, but like uh, Avatar, the series, I think was sort of a very bottom up kind of show where usually it was from the perspective of the lower classes looking up at the ruling classes and Mm -hmm. you know even though our main character is like a literal god in avatar uh generally still very concerned with like oh like this war is really affecting this small town uh dragon prince i think is very much you know on on a more world scale of you know these you know giant dragon fighting giant human army and, you know, sort of the larger scale implications of that as our protagonists are, you know, generally part of the ruling class. Um, I think it's only really with the elves that we kind of see more of just like their regular society. Um, but even they are kind of in like cool communes where yeah, I would, I, it's less I a would ruling s- class situation. Partially, I would say in the... I, I would have to go back and look more. I think in the first three seasons, we did get more of kind of the general commune vibes of the elves. We have now gotten into elven politics also. And That's I fair. I am season four, living for it. <laughs> the drama in season four. But also I love that it is a high fantasy uh, show and the fact that every character is attractive. Yes, except for the literal children who make up the largest part of the cast. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> Yes, I was excluding the children. Anyone of age is attractive. The kids are just cute. The kids are very cute. Ezra Uh, is adorable. Yeah, one of one of our main care. We at some point we should describe the main characters. Um, Yeah, we should. uh, Our main, our our I one of the main characters. Probably I I would say Caleb is probably the star. Um, but uh, little little prince later king Ezrin. Uh, I guess mild spoilers there, but no, it's small enough. Um, that comes little, up so early. It does. It's pretty early on. Um, <laughs> little Ezrin is, I think he's eight in the first three seasons and then like 11 in the I fifth say, yeah, season. 11 in the fourth, but, which is which is sometimes confusing. Season four, his age feels like it varies. Yeah, his, his age varies wild. He's either like a 40-year-old like <laughs> exactly. wise beyond his years man or he's like a toddler. <laughs> and Callum's... But, yeah, I we were on 15 when we first see him and like 18 yeah, I was, in I was in gonna say he's four. in his teens and definitely an adult. Adult. Young young adult. Yeah. yeah, I'd say he's like of age that. in season four in like a fantasy term, but like still mm-hmm. still very young, um, and still what we would consider a teenager. Yeah, and their dynamic is fun because Ezrin is the heir as the actual kid. Of the king of the of the king, 
uh, whereas Callum is his older stepbrother. So that's a fun dynamic. Callum's trying to figure out where he fits in in the world during season one. And he's very, I, very confused. I really love, this is more, see, I think this is sort of, you know, resolved by the end of season one, you know, and in, in that the show, you know, goes on to, you know, other other topics. But I really do need to give props to the show. You know, it's, it's not a difficult thing to subvert, but I'm glad they did it anyway. I feel like we're so used to the older step sibling slash slightly unrelated person uh you know to an heir to the throne being like some kind of jealous scheming like you know obstacle to our sweet heir you know I feel like that's just such a standard uh trope not just in fantasy but just in fiction in general um, you know, you've got the gold, the golden perfect child and their scheming older sibling who's trying to get rid of them. Um, and then also just in real life, you know, I think people with blended families, you know, have a really hard time frequently, um, you know, seeing each other as actual family and not seeing, you know, all the differences. Um, but I, I really, I really love Ezrin's relationship with Callum and vice versa there's never jealousy Callum I don't think ever really entertains what if I was was next in line instead I don't think that's that's ever a thing that comes up or at least not more than like a passing something something other character says um they just love each other and like yeah Ezrin can be kind of annoying in the way that only a younger sibling can be um but Callum loves him unconditionally despite that and they just have a really sweet dynamic. In a lot of ways, it kind of reminds me of uh, Wirt and Greg from Over the Garden Wall. You beat me to it. That. It's 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 a very similar dynamic, and it's great here as well. Um, mm-hmm. But they're also uh, Wirt and Greg are also step siblings, right? Yeah, I, I think it's it's like brought up like once. I think it's like a very brief I think thing. So. Um, which I love that. I love I love good blended families. I feel like so many cartoons have done such a great job of of showing how great that dynamic can be um you know Phineas and Ferb's another great example um but yeah no I just I, I love these two I love getting to watch them go on adventures together um that's kind of one thing I was a little disappointed by in like season three especially they're separated for a lot of the of the story um which made me kind of sad because I think that's one of the real strong points of the show is is this relationship between these two princes um they're great I I love them dearly Mm-hmm. um so those those are our human protagonists um our third main cast member uh would be rayla uh the moon shadow elf assassin um who undergoes just a really spectacular uh character arc throughout these four seasons i'm excited to see where they're going with her next she's i i don't want to say she's the most interesting character because like they're all interesting in their own way but like rayla's whole deal is just so juicy mm-hmm. <laughs> the first thing we see of her is she's being sent on an assassination mission and like her whole arc is like grappling with like being essentially a child soldier because what is she? she's like she's around callum's age she's like 13 yeah. right? they, they never are supposed to be similar ages I'm trying to remember, they never, like, say a thing like, you know, oh, elves are thousands of years old and their age is weird. Like, the Grail is not, like, actually, like, 200 years old, right? I I feel like I would have remembered that. It's not been a point that's been brought up. It's true. Yeah. In any case, she's great. I love her. She is iconic. Uh, And and I'm I'm very happy that she's in this series. (laughs) Fantastic vibes. 
yeah it's vibes there's Um, a lot of vibes and a lot of great character arcs a lot yeah i mean callum has a really interesting arc um we you know we see him you know his relationship to magic change over the course of the series to kind of regarding it with some like healthy distrust at the beginning and not really knowing his place like you mentioned in in the royal court being just like the stepson of the king um to you know over the course of the series um you know not not only discovering that he has great affinity for magic but also sort of questioning the morality of of human magic um and sort of finding his way more towards you know the kind of elf magic that that Rayla helps teach him um and of course his relationship with Rayla gets very interesting um I think they have a very natural kind of relationship I think it's often very difficult for kids shows to portray burgeoning uh, romance between young people um because I think it's just it's just a weird thing <laughs> to be young and to develop a crush that I think you can it can either end up being too immature or too mature based on the way that it's being written and I think they really capture that awkward adolescent like I I think I like you but I don't really know how to express that. So I'm kind of just going to be weird for a little bit until I get knocked out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I I thought that, I think they're very cute together. Um, I love that a lot of the background, not even background, the supporting characters, and even a lot of the background characters have had minor arcs between the two oh, seasons. Yeah. Like we see them, their lives changing through the seasons. Uh, my favorite, of course, is my my dear himbo and his boyfriend, as I like to call him, um, Soren and Corvus. <laughs> Soren and Corvus are great. We all stand. Soren yeah, so, go- Soren starts out as kind of a heel. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's and that that's sort of where where we are introduced to him and thinking he's kind of a jerk, but he's an entertaining jerk. I love him. He's an entertaining jerk who then becomes very confused and doesn't know what to do. And now he's here and we love him dearly because he's just being dumb. (laughs) But I I love that there's so many characters that at first you're just like, oh, these will be fun little ones that we'll we'll get to enjoy here and there. And then they have pretty like arching stories and you're like, oh, you're very important to this now. I see. Oh, yeah. No, there's, yeah, they, there's depth. And I think that's something that was also Avatar's strong suit was mm-hmm. really making this world feel whole and full and complete because of the strength of your supporting cast. Like you can have an amazing main cast and that's really only half the battle um, to just making them feel like they're, you know, interacting with real people. Um, yeah, I mean, I really like Claudia too. I think Claudia is another really interesting complex character because mm-hmm. the her being a a prodigy of dark magic, um, you know, established very early on that Callum has a bit of a crush on her. Um, she's Soren's sister. She's the daughter of Viren, who just basically the second he shows up, you're like, oh, oh, villain. Okay, you're the bad guy. <laughs> like he's like he's fun. He's oh god. What I mean. This is what I've been missing from Disney movies. Like, uh, why do we need to waste time pretending the bad guy isn't the bad guy when we can just be reveling in an obviously evil character? Like, Mm -hmm. the other characters don't really know that he's evil for, like, a little while, but, like, we, the audience, like, hear the voice coming out of him and, like, see, like, his whole, like, dark mage aesthetic. Yeah, he's gonna be the bad guy, and I'm okay with that. I I don't need to be surprised by the villain 
if that means that you are cutting off my time enjoying a pure evil guy so he's great his relationship with his kids is fun like it's fun to have a villain with kids like i think more stories need to take advantage of the kind of juicy plot you can get from having your villain have kids who are involved in the story um that's another reason why avatar is so good like the fact that that's we why are the last arc of our D&D campaign a- was so good <laughs> <laughs> not wrong um but yeah no i mean we like avatar the fire lord's two children are heavily invested in the plot even more so than than the fire lord himself um I argue the first like two seasons uh Viren is a little bit more of a background uh character not not background he's still clearly the villain um but you, I'd say his children are more prominent than he is I like the first they take a while to build up what is happening they give themselves three seasons to build up a major like a major arc for a villain it's just like he gets an arc that's ooh. great ooh. <laughs> Yeah, like not, not, I think not every not every villain gets an arc. Not every villain grows and mm-hmm. changes over the course of the story. No, I mean we Garrett get a lot of so deaths. many twists and turns where I was like, oh, is he gonna turn out to be good? Like, is this his? Is he having a a character turns good arc? It's like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, he's, nope, he's nope, back. nope, doubling down, <laughs> pulling, I, I, pulling it back. <laughs> part of the reason I think this is a good show. Um, for people who are into fantasy, especially if you are someone who wants to write fantasy to play or to just have fun and write books or anything or TV or anything, is what we said earlier that like having a supporting cast to build up the main cast is great where you give them a lot of depth because it adds, it makes things feel whole. You can also spend a lot of time building the world and putting up in too much lore and detail into the world and leaving out the things that flesh the world out. The reason the lore works is we have so many good examples of how people are interacting with that and it's limited. You're not overwhelmed with constantly changing people to get the lore from. You are given a very tight core group and just a a handful of locations you need to really know. And that really lets the lore be deeper because if you have to spread it out so far... You could only give us so much information. Right. I, I I will say that one one of my main complaints with Dragon Prince is I think it does info dump a lot. Like there are they are clearly very proud of this world they've created, and for good reason. I think it's a mm-hmm. really interesting fantasy world. I think there's a lot of moving parts. I think it makes sense. Like I don't think like sometimes shows can definitely amend books and other genres of things can get very bogged down in their world building and you sort of just are left with well wait like why does that need to be here like everything feels like it makes sense and it connects and I I get it there there are a lot of episodes that do just kind of feel like we're getting a book report mm-hmm. um but every it, once in a while it happens I I think what saves it though and and prevents it from being boring is that I think they they're very well timed info dumps. I think they they spread them out nicely and do mm-hmm. always make them pertinent to the immediate task. Like I don't like there there's never really an episode that's just like, "Oh, we find ourselves with the sun elves for some reason and they're going to give us a long history of how the sun elves work." Like no, it's always it always is information that they need the characters have need to know 
um and we the audience need to know because it's about to be plot relevant so i think i i think they they have done it in a very good strategic way this is like raya and the last dragon where i feel like there were moments where it's just like all right we only have like two hours to explain our whole world so we're <laughs> gonna sit the audience down and as fast as we can we're gonna tell you everything about this world um I guess because I'm a fantasy player, I love a good lore dump every once in a while. If they're not coming too fast and too quick, I'm like, yes, give me the juicy lore, please. How I feel about the Sun Elves every time I see them on screen. Sun Elves are fascinating. Uh, They're very good and definitely very attractive in their design. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm way more into the Moonshadow Elves. That's way more my aesthetic. Hmm. They're so like silvery. I don't know. I just I I like yeah, that I do. purples. Yeah. Well, I usually do, but we're. I guess part of it is my last elf was a sun elf. So. And uh, they have to go with the like, vibes. Sexy French accents. That's pretty fun. And they they have my favorite character hanging out with them. <laughs> we do we do get a lot of good sun elf action in this most recent season. I I, I hope you were pleased. I was so pleased. It was all so good. It, I, I like that the world has consequences to what's going oh. on. The Sun Elves give us a lot of the consequences and a lot of detail on how the interaction I, between humans and elves are changing in comparison to other locations. I, but I also just, they I, have Amaya with them. And yeah. I will kill anyone who says that Amaya is not one of the best characters in the show. Amaya's the best character, hands down. I love her. I just, I thank love you, everything about you. her. She is, she is so badass. Um, we're, we're just continuing the trend of, of shows by Ernie e. has featuring like really badass characters with what would we, we would consider a disability, but they turn into their greatest strength. Because mm-hmm. uh, Amaya is deaf, but she is really good at just kicking butt, taking names, and, and is just generally delightful. <laughs> And also sarcastically wise, and I love that in comparison to Janai, who is like the very calculated wise. They 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 are gay, and I love them, and they are the best. I'm just also I'm, the other reason the show is great. It's very gay. It's very gay show. And so um, many, I, we've already talked about Amaya and Janai. I've talked about Soren and his boyfriend. Are they, are they are they canon or, or are we just no uh, but i am okay. just really pushing it because every I mean, time they interact on screen i'm like there's something there boys they are very close if they're not canon they are very close to canon like they it's, are it, it's either that or it's your two sh- straight male friends who are really comfortable in their sexuality but also no they're two I, they're two bisexuals who don't know how to act yeah no they're they're great um there's also there's uh uh, there's some uh, gay um, elves. Yeah, some gay elves. Um, there's um, Amaya's former. It's, it's Amaya's former partner, right? Um, mm-hmm. who who was killed. Um, that I guess mild spoilers, but I can't I can't remember her name, so I I don't really even know when we learned that information. So whoops. Um, at some point we'll just go into full spoiler territory, and I won't be so worried about uh, getting stuff mixed up. Um, but but yeah, no, it's it's a wonderfully inclusive show um we we get uh, some other characters i guess are mild spoiler so i won't mention yet um but the yeah it, it's it's definitely a a you know one a show that the time has passed since uh you know avatar the last airbender um which you know was you know certainly felt you know revolutionary diversity for the time for being a western show that was 
in you know an entirely asian inspired cast if if not actually the voice actors then um you know at least the character design um i think it was it was at least of the main characters almost exclusively white people so whoops um but Ooh. uh yeah, you can really see how time has passed uh, with uh, with Dragon Prince being just visually very diverse. Um, you know, Ezrin and, and his father being the ruling people of his kingdom are people of color. Um, just enormous visual diversity. Um, definitely more diversity uh, in the voice actors and so much gay. So, so very much gay. Um, it's really it great. It only gets gayer as you go. And it only gets gayer. It's just the gaze all the way down, <laughs> which is is fantastic. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe now is is the time to to get into some some more spoilers. Unless there's any more general thoughts that that you have on the on the series as a whole. Uh that's good. Uh, now let's continue into spoiler land. All right, spoiler land. I think we've already accidentally spoiled a few things. So whoops. But Whoopsies. if if you if you have not seen the series and don't want things spoiled. Get out of here. Go. Scat. Come on back. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think the series in general, um, I, I was a little disappointed with season four, to be honest, Katie. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, here's the thing. Of all people who you think would have the ability to put very definite feelings about fantasy things and be very subjective about it, I'm really good at turning my brain off and watching fantasy at points where even it might be a little bad because like I just need the content of D D in my brain. Well, um, I enjoyed so it though. It, yeah. There, it definitely like part of the reason I it took me a bit, and I would say it was enjoyable, but sometimes it was just like, huh? It's because it came out so long ago, and I really like the first three seasons came out so long ago. It really felt like there was a gap, and I was. Like, I could feel it. It felt like the it, there was just not only the gap in time, it felt like there was a a break in the con and like not in the continuity, but just it felt like there was a gap that was really hard to put together at first. Um, yeah. and it is just a fetch quest of a season. Yeah, it just it felt a little bit incomplete to me. And I think part of that is just yes not when you only have nine episodes you know you kind of you really don't have time to do much else but try to tell your story as best you can um there's really no room in it I I, I really I'm I'm I I like 22 episodes I think 22 episodes it was is, short that's all, the big I think thing I'm I really I miss filler episodes in this show as as weird yeah. as it is to say I think every season of this show because every episode needs to move the plot along I think it can feel very relentless. Um, and I well, I think the show is great at establishing character with what limited time they have. I would really love to see these characters interact when they're not like on a serious quest every single moment. Like I think the mm-hmm. uh, Avatar The Last Airbender did a really good job of mixing those things because every season there was one very clear overarching goal that they were always moving towards. But there was also still enough downtime that we could just sort of see these characters interact in low stakes situations which really does go very far to help us establish what they're actually like and how they react to each other um again when they're not in a life or death situation um and season four felt like very much the worst offender of that 
um just because so much of it had to be plot dump um just explain because the characters are themselves are playing catch up we uh you know have sort of seen some of uh Erebos's whole plot um not you know his end game or anything but like we know he's a threat um we know he's been talking to Viren we know roughly what his personality and plans are we don't know his whole backstory but we know enough about him and the other characters have no idea who he is at this point when we start season four like we the audience know he's going to be the big bad um but the characters don't know that so they have to all play catch up and figure it out um which gets a little tiresome at times because like I feel like we the audience are like okay we already kind of know this like we we get it we've sort of pieced this together but we do still have to have a lot of lore dump um and then at the end of the day not a whole lot was accomplished this season despite that like they have a map now to maybe kind of get to where they last think uh Erebos was um but it's a little bit unclear and it's like for for a season called Mystery of Erebos I feel like we don't we, we don't get to him that much we we have that one rad scene with him in the mirror that mm-hmm. like sold me on the whole season I just I don't know mm-hmm. I have I have a weird thing for like beloved characters being like mind controlled I don't know like that's for some for some reason that's my jam um mm-hmm. as, as kind of sick as that is. <laughs> um but I just think like that that scene of him possessing Callum and making Callum say such horrible, horrible things to his friends with like manipulating his body in such a weird, creepy puppet way. Um, just as soon as I saw they were going down that route, I'm like, yes, this is my vibes. I am happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, There's I think definitely yeah. a lot that I enjoyed. It's definitely short. It's definitely a lot. Yeah. Um. Because you are, we're, and we're flipping between stuff because we have three parties we're focusing on. Yes. Because we don't, we don't just have Rayla, Ezrin, and Callum, who are also with Soren now, and I love him dearly. So glad um, Soren's just part of the team now. He's great. We, we then have Claudia, Viren, and her boyfriend. <laughs> I would die for Terry, and I would kill anyone for Terry. He, he is, is such a Terry. Best. He, like, I love how he's just here now. Okay, I I do. Terry's just kind of like, I don't really fully get what's happening, and I don't know quite how to feel about it. But I like you, so we're going with it. I support my evil witch girlfriend. I just I I I love it that like we get so little explanation. Like for for te- remember, technically this season is called Earth, and we see very little of the Earth elves altogether. Um. Terry is kind of the one we spend the most time with. Um, and I love that, like, we don't really know how he and Claudia got together. Do they ever really go into detail about how that happened? There is a, they get a little bit of backstory into it, but I forget exactly. It's it's definitely glossed over quite a bit. Um, I like that Viren is supportive, despite like them all being fantasy racist for like the first three seasons about how humans are good and elves are evil. Just Viren, very cool about his daughter now having an elf boyfriend. I enjoy watching Viren's mannerisms about all of it because you can tell he is not pleased at first, but that he is not going to say anything to Claudia because he actually does care about his daughter. He does love her. her fears. Feelings. And then Terry does get 
get Fiora to like him a little bit. Harry wins him over. No, I was honestly of the three big subplots, the the the, the three villains, I guess, is kind of where I mean it's hard to call Terry a villain. He's just along for the ride. I love him Man. so much. He's like, doing some villainy things. I don't know if his heart's in it, but like No, he's doing terrible things. He's obviously on the wrong side. He's on the dark magic side. But like he's just like, yeah, I support my hot witch girlfriend. <laughs> and I and I love him for that. I think he has a fun design. I like I love his overall look. Um mm-hmm. I I I feel like they hit like a weird middle ground uh with him being trans, where like it was very obvious to me from the beginning, but I think they were concerned that like young kids wouldn't get it. So they like slipped in the occasional like brief line or like you know the first half of what sounded like a really dramatic sob story um about it and it was it was i don't want it was like in some weird line between glossed over and talked about too much like it's mm. it, 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 like in some weird middle area there that was like i want to say it made it perfect but like it it feels like they were there were times when they were just doing everything and times when they were doing absolutely nothing um mm-hmm. okay. so i don't know i I, I don't care though because I love him dearly. He's the best. <laughs> and we really don't have that many trans characters in in children's media, certainly not animation. So again, thank you, Dragon Prince, for continuously raising the bar and featuring so many cool queer characters. Um I mean I do I do like that it does then place like Viren in like a cool, like allegorical position of being like the mean boomer who has to learn <laughs> to accept his child being queer. Um mm-hmm which I think is good. Like that's, I I think because he's the villain, it muddies the waters a little bit of like, you know, show, you know, an older viewer seeing it and like learning a lesson through Viren uh, because he is so evil. Um, but it's it's nice to see. Yeah, and then we get our other queer characters in the third party. Because we spend a lot of time in the fire, fire elves refugee camp. I love the the politics of the refugee camp because you really see these two groups coming together and like having these weird culture clashes that you would expect um, where neither side is wrong. They're just both mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And it's, it's showing the, it's showing consequences of the changings of the world and people's actions. So I really enjoy that. Um, it, it's got the political intrigue to a degree yes. at which it is very, very workable. And I enjoy it. Um, yeah. It's kind yeah. of the most reflective of like, I can, we can take lessons out of this to how things work in the real world sometimes. So. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But also I just, Janai and Amaya's arc is really fun in this season. It's still going, but I like where we're at with it. It's very fun. I love Amaya ruining her own proposal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like again, that was another thing. Like me being an adult, I kind of saw that coming. But like, boy, was that funny! Like that. I mean, Janai, I I feel like you should have realized that your girlfriend is a general and is going to see uh strangers approaching with fire whips as being a threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of feels 10. like this was on Janai. And I really love Janai's brother. Ooh, yeah. He's just overall his vibes, his personality. She's like, I'm vibing with you, bud. 
Well, because like again, you 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 get where he's coming from. Like I, I think this was I think this was the strongest overall arc. Um, I I wish it was more connected to the rest of the season because it's not really. It's yeah. just kind of a C plot it happening. Definitely, the the reason it's definitely there is we have some major characters who I'm sure are going to be important going forward. So we want to keep setting them up. And the Sun Elves in their capital city of Dolara, I want to say it, it was. Or that is a D&D thing. 50-50 if I'm referencing D&D or the show. I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure we'll I actually with, just referenced D&D. You might have. I, I don't know if they actually give the refugee camp a name. Oh, like, yeah. 100%. Oh. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, that, Yep. That's that an Eberron wiki thing? thing. No, it's an Eberron thing. Okay. <laughs> Dolara, <laughs> Dolara's deity of light in Eberron. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I was real off the mark on that one. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Real off. Yeah, I, I, I uh, can't. Well, that's I, impressive. I remember, uh, there is a lot of world building in here. Luxoria. I, there we go. Luxoria. Okay. Yeah. It's There's a lot of really cool names. Like but like I, I have, I do have a little bit of trouble remembering all the world building things. Whoops, um, that's that's on me. That's not that's not. How a you show do that involved. in D and D also? So uh, yeah, I I'm bad with details. Um, and <laughs> and larger plot points too. I'm just just generally bad. Um, and faces. And faces. Sorry, it's become drag Scarlet now. Yeah, I guess we're dragging Scarlet now. Okay, it's been all a right. while since I've done that on the podcast. It has been. I kind of missed it. New Year return to form. New New Year's resolution: drag Scarlet more. Um. But yeah, no, I think I, I, I think overall I, I did like season four. I don't I and it was really nice to return to this world after so long uh, away. Um because I, mm-hmm. I was just reminded of how interesting I find the world, how interesting I find the characters. Um yep. This is just a note on how much I love the 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 one imagery I can remember very well. They have to go through some cave systems at one point to get to a dragon. Um but the gem, they go through these gemstone caves at one point, are just full of the prime elemental powers, and it's very cool looking. Yeah, I mean the animation of the show is great. I don't think we've really touched on that element of it oh, yet. It's very smooth. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's not. It's it's that Netflix kind of animation, which is good for what we're doing right now. But like, I. I, I it's it's not as good as like Avatar's animation, for example. No, I it's a would shame because I, it's a decade later, more. I would say that I this animation style it works for what it is. It is very modern and very Netflix and not super like stylized. It is very run of the mill. It's not C, like run of the mill CGI though, like no, round. I, yeah, but it is. It's not got a lot, I'd say, going for it in terms of things that are like I'm like, this is a really cool stylization. It's it's very flat. I think it's very it's a little perfunctory, I would say. The colors are really nice. I think that it has a mm-hmm. great color palette. Um, I think it uses its color and its animation really effectively to uh showcase different worlds. Like I, I like that all the different elves very much have their own look and it's very like, the character design I think is really good show has really strong character design um I think it was in general the lighting is not that interesting 
Uh, I think in general, the the staging and the character blocking is not that interesting. There's kind of a lot of sitting around and the fight choreography isn't anything spectacular, like even less so than something like She-Ra. Um, I mm-hmm. think She-Ra has, has more interesting fights. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it, it is very pretty to look at. I don't, it is not spectacular, I, I'll say. I think there is a lot of animation out right now that is, you know, kind of blowing this away. Um, I like, think like Owl House in particular is what I'm thinking of right now, uh, just because there's the next episode of the last season is going to drop in a few weeks and I'm eagerly anticipating it. Um, yeah, I think in general, Disney animation is looking a lot nicer uh, than, than the show like this, um, which is a shame because like, again, like, I was sort of hoping it would be on the same level of Avatar, given that it is 15 years later. I would hope that they could do the same thing they did 15 years ago, but Avatar is lightning in a bottle. It's un- it's unfair to compare any show to <laughs> even with the same creators. Yeah. Unfair to compare uh, anything to Avatar. Yeah. Let's see, what else? What, have, what haven't we talked about? Um, I feel like we've I guess we haven't talked about Zim much. There's not oh, much talk haven't. about not much to talk about the titular dragon prince because he's an egg for all of season one um and then he's a baby um and he's just kind of cute he's like a puppy he's he's the driving drama of the plot for most of it he is there he's he's the MacGuffin. much characterization i love our big toad friend whose name is escaping me right now oh oh what's his name oh my god why am i forgetting the toad's name uh it's it's a thing uh why am i forgetting the toad it's it's important it, oh bait bait is the bait. toad he's good yes. Bait's fun he 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 is cute i i think he is just a fun he's he looks like grumpy cat um yeah i like that about him he's, he's, your, he's a cat he's, he's a giant toad he's your he's party animal everyone needs one He he's the oppa honestly i think i think is is the best way to put it like zim is kind of again just sort of like a generic cute creature like he's the one you like you instinctively want to protect zim when when he's a dragon uh no when he's an egg he's like just valuable like he is just like a he's the MacGuffin. he's like your you know disc drive he's your you know diamond he's very important but he has no personality because he's an egg um and then when he's he's a little baby dragon he's adorable and you want to hug him and i just also want to go on record and say more fantasy settings need four-legged dragons because I find four-legged dragons to be very cute. And I think, like, since Game of Thrones came out, everyone's been wanting to do uh, the two the the two legs and then the wings. Um, which I think, I feel like I've seen technically makes them, like, a worm and not a dragon. Like, I think I'm looking up, dragons I'm looking have four legs. <clears throat> there, there's, like, All a right. special no. name. No. Okay. A, a dragon is two-legged. Nope. Okay. Yes? I Give me a moment. It's always difficult. No, yeah, sorry. Like, yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Dragon four legs. Okay. Wyvern so two. There we go. Wyvern. Drake no wings four legs. Worm. Wait, wait. A, no a dragon worms. with no wings is a dinosaur. <laughs> basically, yeah, you're right. It's a dinosaur. It's called. There's a, a lot of. Drakes are a thing. Isn't a drake just a male like bird? <laughs> Don't ask questions here. Okay. I'm not an expert on dragons. Hey, hey, audience, just to show how out of touch I am in general, 
I decided to look up this question of what the mythical creature Drake is by just searching Drake into Google. Um, and predictably, the top results are all about the musician, which I had not even considered. At no point when I made that search did I consider that the very popular performer might be the first thing to come up instead of what I should have searched was Drake fantasy creature. And that's the note we have to end the podcast on. I don't, I don't think it can get better. Just like forever. Yeah. What is this thing? Okay. It has like tiny wings. I thank you for the dragon fandom wiki. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what this thing is. This is just kind of a weird looking dragon. Um, yeah, nah, I don't. Yeah. Like a worm being no, you know, no, no wings, but like, it's just like a, like, I guess a worm. Uh, that the worm is a flying worm. <laughs> would say. Well, no, according to this, that's a what we would think of that as a wyvern. Oh, did I reckon? Did uh, mine might have been wrong then? I because I think I think worm is still like a like a squiggly like an underground. Rah. Um, th- those are words. Some, oh, of, some, some of what I said were words. <laughs> we reached the part of the night. Wyverns night. have legs. They just don't sure. have arms. Yeah. And, but I but but to my original point, uh, the dragons in the Dragon Prince world are four legged, and I think that makes them very cute. Um, that helps because they can speak in sort of that like D and D fashion versus like Game of Thrones, where they're just like big mindless animals. We're sort of returning to the dragon as the powerful force to be reckoned with, but also holder of great wisdom. Um, hence why the inciting incident of the whole story is uh the the dragon king is slain and his son is dead slash proposed presumed missing um and then the discovery that the humans have the egg and the quest to return the egg to his mother uh you know being in you know a a humanitarian effort for lack of a better word uh versus just like this is a valuable thing because like in the game of thrones world like it is a weapon like have a dragon you win all your wars um the dragons are kind of like the guardians of this world um, who humans want to kill because humans suck. Like in most fantasy settings, humans just suck. <laughs> yeah. But they but they do get that one extra feat when, when you start playing. So it's, it, 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 it adds up. <laughs> You've never played a human in D&D. I have never played a human. It's true. I I'm aware of this in myself. Um, and I should do it at some point, um, just to yeah. prove that I can, but I have just such a plethora of more interesting, I mean, I play a human every day, Katie, every day of my life, I wake up and I have to play a human. And the only feat I have is adulthood, which means I have a job, but have to pay taxes. It's, it's like, it gives me like plus two psychic damage every day. Um, and that that's the only cool feat I get for being human. So excuse me if when we're in a fantasy setting, I want to play a creature that literally has like the power of luck and of not getting damaged by stuff. That's, I wish I had that in my daily life. Yeah, you bruise quite easily. I do. I really do. And if I were a halfling, I wouldn't have that problem because if you managed to successfully pelt me with an orange, I would just be like, no, 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 I'm re-rolling that. And I would duck out of the way or hide behind a creature one size larger than myself. And in the real world, most creatures are also one size larger than myself. So I should be able to do this, but I can't because I'm we're just so, a stupid human. We're so off topic. We're, we're wildly off topic. Uh, any any final thoughts, Katie, before we somehow get even more off topic? No, I'm tapped. 
<laughs> I th this is a really uh, a really wide world, and I'm sure we're missing talking about something. Um, we could really go into into great detail and talk forever. At maybe at some point we'll uh we'll do another episode, you know, more in depth on on one of these characters, worlds, any number of things, because we could really do an episode on just about anything that is in Dragon Prince, because it is a really uh dense world. Uh, yes, Katie. Uh, if somehow someone expresses interest ever, we'll play the Dragon Prince RPG. I would for love a podcast to episode. I think we'd have a really fun live play of that. I think that could mm -hmm. be a really good time. Let's both plan to do that at some point. Great. On the books. We're going to go there get back go. in the time machine to start planning. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as Katie said, we got an RPG to go plan. So we'll we'll be off to do that. Uh, I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates, and we will see you uh, next time. <laughs>